Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. All right, guys, it's our pleasure to welcome Corbin Mackin onto the podcast this week. Corbin is a Ninja Warrior competitor. He's been on the UK edition three times, and he was also the winner of the Netflix Ultimate Beast, Beast Master Competition Season 3 um, and has come on to share a little bit about his journey and his story about how he got into competing in OCRs and ninja competitions because there's a, there's a hell of a story behind this one. Yeah, it delves into um, the military sort of mindset, what he'd learned through the military, but also there's some stuff that um, obviously he talks about it um, in the podcast. Um, so I won't sort of say too much about that, but obviously, as you can imagine, some difficult, very difficult times to get through um but you know the 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 good part of the the story is the the well, not the ending because it's not finished yet for him has it but he's but he's moved into a into a positive place where um he's using OCR to to give him give his life um some meaning and uh, there's yeah there's a is a there's a lot to be learned from this one it's going to pull on the heartstrings um a little bit um, and as well, we'd recommend, he mentions it in, as, as Tim just said, that Netflix series is if you've got Netflix, make sure you check it out. It's a bit of a tongue twister, the ultimate beast maker. Um, master. You can, master. <laughs> there you go, I got it wrong. Uh, master. And uh, yeah, check, you'll be able to check him out on that. But obviously, once you've listened to the podcast, don't you jump over to Netflix right now. Sit back, relax and enjoy Corbin Mackin on the Scorecast Next podcast. Roll the jingle. So, Corbin Mackin, welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's good to be here. It's all right. No, just, <laughs> we had a, a little slide today there. But no, yeah, welcome to us. Great um, to have you on. There's a whole host of stuff that we're going to we're going to talk about and delve into there's a little bit of like history of um of how you've got to where you are today and and we really want to jump into the um the the uh, OCR the obstacle course racing um ultimate beast maker that you've um that you've become uh but just first <laughs> for, for for people that haven't come across you maybe they haven't come across your Instagram yet make sure you do check his Instagram out if you haven't yet but if they haven't come across you yet just give us a little bit of a background. You know, you have a military background. There's there's a little bit of, um, yes, there's there's a story behind where things have gone for you. But just just, just give us a bit of an insight into that. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start off with just saying that, um, well, I live in Plymouth in the sunny area of uh, the UK, <laughs> or the southwest, as I say. Um, was just an average student at school, just, you know, didn't really know where I was going in life. So I decided to join the British Army. Um, joined the British Army uh, when I was 18 and, uh, yeah, went to Afghanistan. Had some uh, interesting times out there um, and then dived into probably a world of depression. And so, you know, due to my time on tour and then I tried to find a focus. So what can Corbin Mack can do? to focus, you know, his attributes to keep himself in a, in a positive light and try and basically stay in, stay in this world today that we live in and, and don't give up and, and, you know, end, ending things like so many people do in the world, which is really sad. Um, so that then was brought on to Ninja Warrior. So I applied for Ninja Warrior, um, competed on that three times now. And then 
I also managed to get very lucky to compete for Team Great Britain on the Netflix series called The Ultimate Beastmaster. Yeah. That's pretty much some yeah. <laughs> basic intro of Yeah, in a nutshell. Great. How, so just a bit of a, a background, because I think there's going to be some some interesting things around like mindset of um, what the, I've had some, back when I used to play rugby, we'd every now and again, the pre-season um, sort of tour or pre-season hammering would often be at an army barracks. Um, and so we've got to have had a, a small um, dipping toe into the military lifestyle in a, it, not in a hardcore way by any stretch of the imagination, but they give us a little bit of a, a feel occasionally every year, what that was, what that was like. And obviously the mindset that you may that you will have learnt, even though some of that stuff has obviously very been very difficult to deal with. Like, how long were you in the? How long were you in the military for? And how long were you in Afghanistan? Out. Um, so I did minimum service um, in the military. Did four years or so, which is just shy of the absolute minimum. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I left due to compassionate grounds. Um, yeah. So I didn't do that that long and then on my tour it's usually a six month tour and i did just past halfway um due to uncomfortable events yeah had you been sort of quite athletic growing up corbin were you sort of going into military were you looking for a physical job because you've been involved in sports and stuff and and the, uh, this question i'm asking teeing up to where we're going when we were talking about ninja because there's such a diverse range of movement and skill sets required in that i was just interested in whether you have always been quite an athletic person yeah so Oh, I say athletic person, I'll say as a kid, you know, I was in the era of where there was, you know, you only had a PlayStation to play on if it was raining outside and your mum and dad had to tell you to come in. Um, even though you were quite happy to put the wellies on and just stamp in puddles, etc. So I was always outside and lived, um, I had woodlands on the back of my, uh, my house. And I was always climbing up and over the fence. And I'm not really funny, the fence is pretty big. And when you're about like eight well eight years old or whatever climbing that fence and then going straight into the woods and um climbing trees and that was pretty much what i did every day um so yeah i'd say it stemmed from around around my, my youth really i was always getting out and about my parents would always take me out to do stuff and my dad especially my dad was always quite always pushing us to to do better and trying to chuck us in a deep end all the time that's including a swimming pool when we were trying to learn to swim you just generally just chuck us in and, uh, you know we you know basically you'd always want the, the the most competitive side out of his his kids and um, i think he, he did challenge that into our personalities so when you when you sort of got into the military did you find that 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 initial sort of basic training the physical side of stuff was it i mean i'm always quite interested about people that go in at 18 years old because i remember like when you're 18 you think you're like king dingling right you can do anything i, I told my, <laughs> my dad i wanted to leave home go traveling and see in 12 months time and they were like yeah yeah no probably go to university first um because i don't think they think i would come back but like, when you look back now and what you were like when you're 18 like you're just a kid still. Like you really don't have as much worldly experience as you um, as you think you do. What's it like going into the military at that age and all of a sudden just finding yourself in that environment? Yeah, so I always put it down to when you're about to leave school, like where do you go? What, what do you want to do? Like everyone has different opportunities of what they want to do and what they want to be and where they want to inspire going with their life. And for me, it was like, you know, I was fed up of doing schoolwork. So university was 100% out the window. I was not going down that route. Um, and then at the same time, you know, I wanted to do an apprenticeship and all that stuff. So I, I dabbled in a little bit of stuff as I was about to leave school. And I thought, 
this isn't this isn't for me i don't think and then the twin towers and that happened i was on a paper round actually when i was younger and um the twin towers happened so that was always in the back of my mind about joining the military trying to help out afghanistan was kicking off always the news that i was seeing was about the, you know the military and my whole family is military orientated you know my dad was in the navy my my older bro trav just joined the royal marines commandos and um and i had like my grandparents and my uncles and then my cousins we all basically went into the into the military um so i think that was probably deep down the only place i was going to end up going anyway plus all my friends and that you know, they start to do in their jobs where they want to go in life and that sort of stuff. My best mate moved to Birmingham. Um, and, and I just felt a bit like, you know what, where am I going? You know? So I, I joined the, the British army, but it's always something I think I was going to do anyway. Yeah. And then that transition out. So you mentioned before that you, you sort of, you're looking for something to, to help with, with your mindset and mental well-being when you came out of the military. How did you find your way into Ninja Warrior? Talk about, talk to us a bit about, about that and what that journey was like. Um, so through the military, the training that you get is so arduous and hard work. You know, it, it's always, and I quote, pays to be a winner in the military. So anytime you do events in there, fitness events, whatever it is, you have to become first. So competition is built up in there massively in its own way, in its own sense, like in an in, in individual way. So you never want to be last because you don't want hard work to happen. You don't want to be, you know, um, yeah, getting smashed again and again and again. So it was good just to smash yourself on one, one um, event and that was it. You can get back home and, and uh, well, get back in your basher and, and sleep it off. Um, so when I left the military... Can I just, uh, can I just ask you a comment? Because I think that's, there's an interesting part. Of, I understand the, the mentality and, and trying to push people forward. And, but at the same time, there's got, there must be... I know that a lot of the stuff that we did when we, when we talk about these pre-season camps, there would be a lot of like team building stuff, etc. And obviously when you're, you've got to be... I just think, but how do they marry up that like you're trying to there can only be one winner if you're doing that individual style of thing but yet you've mm -hmm. got to be like together as a unit as well how was that yes yes for sure so all all of the individual efforts is to try and make all of the unfit people become as fit as the fittest people in our group right so whoever wins they'll go okay fair enough brilliant you can sit down but then the next guy and the next guy next guy after that um whoever was most unfit is will just keep on going again and again and again um obviously it, it does end at one point no yeah. no one just goes 50 times right. <laughs> if there's 50 people in your group um, and is that driven by like the outside or does some of that get driven by you know if if you're like part of you know you're, you're part of my team and i'm and i'm not up to scratch are you like are you pushing no, me so to get myself up there or is it yes for sure. So like I said, that's just one aspect of the military of how they train you and mold you into the best, um, I should say athlete in a way you're an athlete, but, um, soldier you can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they're also looking though for the individuals to also say, stop, stop trying to win that event and also look back and go, who's struggling, who needs help and, and then help them get through the event as well. Yeah. So they, they want to see people do that at the same time. So it's not always, like I said, pace to be a winner every time. Like 
that that goes without saying because they want everyone to keep pushing themselves yeah. because if not if you're not pushing yourself to your maximum then you're coasting and they don't want coasters yeah, yeah. they want people to exceed their own level of fitness and push you beyond yeah. boundaries you've never gone to before almost like go and win and then go and grab all the people and help them exactly. win with you yeah <laughs> Ex- exactly that yeah. yeah which happened myself especially on the assault courses and stuff like that which has to be a team event you know um and and that is what one big thing like in the military is is obviously your 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 family at the end of the day and you learn to become a family by the end of it. Um, so you do want people to do well and you want to look after them at the same time. Yeah. It's like a proper brotherhood. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I, I was interested to have like some of the, obviously, you know, you, 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 you said to us before coming on, like you've, you've lost some, some loved ones out serving and that's probably, I'm sure is that's what we're talking about with the, your, that affected like the depression and, and that side of things where you were then looking for something to help you with your mindset. Was, was there yeah, stuff yeah. though that you learn actually in the military that then were mindset sort of tools that you were then able to help get yourself out of that dark place. And you know, the, the, the OCR stuff, the obstacle course racing was something was the vehicle that you then got your teeth stuck into, but was that, were there things that, Obviously, like the stuff that happened was there in the military, but did the military itself give you some of those tools to be able to cope and, and pull yourself out of that? Yeah, in one respect, yes, and in another, completely no. Right. Um, and that was the fact that in the military, you, you're you always told to never give up, never quit, like never surrender. Mm. You know, it's, you know, there's a lot of pride in the military, especially with like, in that respect, like, that's why I think so many people in the military bottle up and hide their problems because it's, it's ingrained into you to never go sick, to never be injured, to never be ill. You're not allowed. Yeah. You get ill, injured, or whatever. That's it. You're like, no, you're still going on exercise. You're still getting thrashed. You're still going out to, to do PT or whatever, unless, you know, you know, within yourself when you can't push through and you're going, actually, no, I need a day off today. This ain't right. Yeah. Like I need a break. But it sounds like you're um, not allowed to, to like be honest with yourself around how you're actually no. feeling and then at some point that all comes out yeah you can't because you'll be seen as like weak and that's weakness then and they do yeah. not want weak people in the military so in a way yeah there is that that's that attitude that arrogance of like no yeah like i will not be defeated by such and such that happens in my life at this time that time or whenever so in a way, I would say there was a bit of a shield for me there or, or, or let's say some type of tool in my box that could help me get through events that may happen um, at some point, how, however hard they may be. Um, and then on the flip side, what I dealt with going to, to Afghanistan, so did all my pre-deployment training, um, got through um, military career, managed to win an award of best shot, which I was really proud of so being in the infantry having a good shot is quite quite a big thing it's quite <laughs> a, a good thing because at least i know i could shoot someone <laughs> when it happens so um went to afghanistan um you know many different um not, like not very nice things uh, um, happen in its own way and um the biggest event was obviously when i lost my my bro and um my we're all out on patrol um, we're always going out on patrol finding ideas whatever being shot at getting shooting at people you, you name it it's there um 
and without going into detail on those different incidents, I'll talk about one, which was quite important and how it's probably molded my life as it is today. And, um, yeah, my, um, OC had, uh, told me on, after one certain patrol, uh, like a rifleman Mackin, you need to go and pack your, your bags. Um, and you need to leave Afghanistan on the next chopper out of here. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, that's, that's not great. <laughs> uh, but thanks. You know, so I'm there questioning it with my, my friends in, in, in my, uh, patrol base out in Garmsey in Summit Hel Hellman's province. And, um, yeah, next chopper ends up, um, that chopper ends up coming in and they, they declined me leaving. And I was like, okay, something's definitely up here. I thought this ain't right. So my OC um, calls me over to our, uh, basically our, our food, food uh, our kitchen, so to speak, uh, our dining area, which is just a couple of wooden tables and uh, <laughs> a couple of pallets um, underneath this makeshift tarpaul tent something. um it's, it's not going to stop a mortar around that's for sure and um he yeah i sat down with him and um he just said opened his mouth and and as he was saying these words was uh rifle and mackin there's no easy way to say this but your brother has just been blown up by an ied in afghanistan but the one of the biggest um points of of when that was being said was one of the experience that i felt spiritually um if there is a spirit in your body or a soul like i actually felt mm, as he's talking to me those words your brother's been killed by an id in afghanistan um my whole soul had left my body this is how it felt like and i felt like as he was talking to me i was watching down upon my body and him talking to me saying the words mm. like it was that hard hitting to my mm -hmm. um my personality my, my, my mind it was so factual that it's not like someone's just said it to you as, as a joke where you can banter banter through it this was complete fact and those words just pretty much was there to change my whole life as as i know it you know we were best friends um it was only a year above me in school you know we had done a lot of things together and um yeah uh that kind of was a big deal to me especially when you know we were writing letters to each other etc about different events we'd been in whilst we'd been there um and yeah it was funny because he was on the complete northern side of, of helmand province and i was on the, the complete opposite side um fighting uh, insurgents down that end so you know, it was just one of those things where I thought my whole life is literally about to change right now. Yeah. Like every day from now on, my life will never be the same. Everything I knew is pretty much just vanished and gone now. And, and I have to now with this broken spirit, personally, this broken hearted man just sitting there thinking to himself, how now is he going to live the rest of his life when all I've ever known was everything being done with my older bro? Like every, every, everything we did, like pretty much was together. Mm. You know, we had the same group of friends. We went out and did, you know, we used to, it used to be just me and him sometimes going out on the piss on the weekend, Friday or Saturday, you know, um, just be me and him sometimes. And, um, you know, it's just a shame now that, you know, I won't ever be able to do that again. You know, I won't ever be able to buy him a beer again. 
you know, and and that, all that, you know, in in one respect, it it you know can play a huge effect on on your personality, which it did do to me. So yeah, so that was that story. Yeah, no, mate. Well, like we're so obviously, cricket. Yeah, so sorry to hear um, about that, and you know, I think that your story like continues and and you know the next the next thing you spoke to us about we went on air of um saying how the you know, taking on ninja warrior was uh, what you used to 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 help you mentally move forward with um with your life sort of positive you said it's never going to be the the same again and obviously like each day is is that you know talk to us about you know when when we talked about ocr for you 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 the your complete um your whole mannerisms and everything changes it, you could see physically it like uplifting you um yeah <clears throat> where did that where did that start and and how's that how's that been such so, a positive tool for you yeah so ninja warrior um and a shout out to ben shepherd who's a legend on that show and really got a lot of time for all of the athletes on there and it's clear to see it every time we go up there or we meet or whatever such a gent um so i'm in quite a deep dark place and 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 know i've got a rocky road ahead you know but how does someone that's never really dealt with a loss in his whole life um apart from like i said you know friends or or that 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 obviously you know may they rest in peace now from like afghanistan that when they aren't here anymore i think it's completely different when it's someone to be so close to you um, and that you've grown up with. So the only loss I'd really known is just, like I said, friends or acquaintances in life. And that was it because I've never really had a close family. It would just be me, my little bro, uh, my mum, Trav and, 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 and my dad really, but my dad lived away. Um, so yeah, I felt to myself, what am I going to do? Like, life is not going the right, the right way. And again, without going into too much detail of, of, you know, bad times that I went through, you know, thinking like, maybe life isn't worth living anymore and that sort of stuff. Uh, half of me thinks like the military side of it and my whole upbringing of always wanting to be a winner always having that competitive attitude, always being good at obstacle course racing, like in, uh, in the military, when I used to do the assault courses, I was always basically first or up the front. Um, I remember doing real good times on the obstacle courses and I felt really good for my strength to weight ratio, which is obviously to do with calisthenics and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, I either leave this world and I go, or I, or I get back on this horse and I try and get through life as best I can. But what can I do that's going to impact my life enough to, to, to create something big enough to sit into this void I have now in, 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 in my body, like the void of losing someone so special? What can I replace that with that's going to be meaningful enough for, for me? So it was like a Ninja Warrior. I, I come across it online, absolute fluke. And it said, obstacle course racing event, you know, whatever. Have you got what it takes? The hardest course in the world, etc." I was like, geez, that sounds like right up my street. So I did. I applied for it. I managed to get on. And um, I did really well considering I didn't really train for it. Like I did two, two weeks in my room or so and, and I'd become um, 
well, I was a finalist, mixed with all these amazing athletes that do parkour, you name it. They, that's what, what they've been doing anyway. And it shows, you know, they're really good. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I come like fifth overall or something like that, which I was really happy about um, considering I didn't train. Um, and then I did it like a couple more times. And, and again, you know, I didn't quite get to where I wanted, but I learned so much. So I was a finalist again, the second series and the third series, I got DQ'd after the first obstacle, yeah. which I was so gutted with. It was, it was terrible. I couldn't think of anything worse actually, because I actually, I actually trained correctly for it. I was there ready to win it. That was my goal. And it was my intuition to win that show. And then I could quit and be a family man to my super little ninja daughter. <laughs> but yeah, so it didn't go quite to plan with me, but, I felt like each time I went on Ninja Warrior, I learned something else about myself of how I can attribute my skills to win that show because you need to be an all-rounder. You can't just be a complete climber. Yeah. There are people that obviously have uh, completed it that are just climbers, but you don't really know what they're showing you and what they have been training on. Yeah. Well, you said you know, you'd know <laughs> not been training for it, and we, me and Tim talk about this all the time. You know, We started calisthenics with no experience in, in gymnastics or calisthenics, bodyweight training at all, but we had both mm-hmm. played rugby and done weightlifting as, as part of that. And so, you know, we had a strength base and, you know, some some physical attributes that were helpful. And, you know, the fact that all of the obstacle course work that you'll have done um, throughout your training in the military obviously puts you in a great place to, although not specifically trained for Ninja Warrior, you had a you know, a catalogue of movement and, and strength requirements that you could apply to those, to those obstacles. And, and you were used to doing obstacle style um, things. You just didn't have a Sergeant Major shouting in your ear to get yourself around. Exactly that. Yeah. I was just interested, um, Corbin, as well around, um, just when you mentioned about the mindset of in the military, it's that don't quit, keep pushing mm-hmm. and, and, and go through it for people listening that are uh, sort of thinking about they want to go and do something, they've got an audacious goal, whether that be Ninja Warrior or they've got an endurance challenge or whether it's they're working on something that they find particularly difficult. What sort of like lessons have you got that you learned that you could share with people which would help them to, to sort of frame their mindset around these kind of these goals and these, these big things, which, which may be fairly intimidating because going on Ninja Warrior is not a small thing, right? You don't get to practice. People always, I think when you watch it, you go, oh yeah, get me a player on the course first. You literally, your first time that you're going to get you on that course is on camera, right? So it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big stage and it's a, it's a pretty audacious thing to go and have a crack at. Yeah. So the biggest one is like, if people suffer with anxiety, it's all in normal general life. I'm going to tell you right now that you have to times it by 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that is how I feel every time I go on that stage. Um, even with like Netflix on the Ultimate Beastmaster was exactly the same there. You just, oh, every time it just destroys you to the point where you do not enjoy it. I, I personally do not enjoy it when I'm there because my whole body just goes through that transition of anxiousness and is that more worry. before compared to when you're like in the mix of it? Do you then get lost in okay. the... Yeah, so good point. So it's funny you should say that because as soon as I go through the steps and I'm on the actual course, yeah. right there and then usually it either vanishes or is reduced massively where it's just your self-doubt that can make you fail an obstacle, um, which brings me back to like 
if people have got goals and stuff like that and they're worried about if they can or can't do it, what I will, I'll say to them is if you are really serious about um, c- competing in Ninja World, whatever it is, even if it's the World OCR Championships, anything like that, and you want to do well, the biggest point I can give them is you have to believe that you are a winner. You have to believe that you are number one. Um, and if you believe it, you will then achieve it. That's one thing I always said to myself on the Ninja Warriors compared to Netflix was if I always wanted to just do well. I just want to do me and just do well. And now something's changed. And I think from the experience I've gained over all of my um, athletic um, accolades is you have to believe that you are you are the best in, in your you don't have to go or tell it or you say that don't, don't do that you'll become arrogant but if you just say it to yourself um and that's a big one for me which i've i've took on board now yeah that self-confidence and belief that you're going to do it you can visit vision it and you can see it you can um, gain extra 10 20 of strength just by that yeah I, I believe in that you can when you're about to fail if you believe that your failure point will be a bit further ahead. Mm. Yeah. There's that um, set, I can't remember who it is, isn't it? It's, it's, someone, it's a famous one where it's like, if you believe you can, whether you believe you can't, you're always right. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that, self, yeah. <laughs> exactly. is that, that self-belief is like, um, yeah, is, is paramount to actually then going and being successful. You're going into something thinking, oh, I don't know. Like we talk about this with like... Um, you know, calisthenics. You start. Say you're trying to do like a, a handstand push up, and you get towards the bottom, and you and you're going, "Oh, I'm not sure if I can get back out up out of this." Like, <laughs> the chances are you're not going to get up back out of it, but, um, because you're not even giving yourself that fighting chance mentally. Uh, we talk about redefining your impossible, and that starts with that's like that's obviously a physical journey you go through, but it starts with a it, well, it, it involves a mental journey as well, and it starts mentally with a. Okay, it feels impossible, and I think it's impossible, but I'm gonna like I'm gonna take that step, and I'm gonna have a crack at it. Because even if you still think it's impossible, and often it's quite a protective mechanism that that like um, sort of negative talk of like, oh well, I might not be able to do it. So that if I do fail, well, I never said I could do it anyway, so that's not as much sort of failure. But when you when you go okay i'm going to try and do that thing that's impossible and for some people it might be just their first pull-up they've never we've never done a pull-up before and that feels impossible by you starting mm. that journey it's like a, a a physical like step forward to mentally go okay it feels impossible right now but there's something inside of me that thinks i might be able to do this one day if i you know be consistent with training follow a process etc etc but it starts with a mental step of positivity towards doing something that is hard and we we talk about this all the time around like the trying to do stuff that's hard and trying to do stuff that seems impossible that takes a long time and is really frustrating during the process gives us so much more satisfaction when we achieve them um Mm -hmm. i think that's and that's embracing that gives you the opportunity to have so much more happiness and satisfaction out of the difficult things that that you that everyone's trying to do and those difficult things are relative to the person that's that's doing them they're all different things for all of us yeah yeah you know some people like you are climbing mount blanc you know for for, <laughs> for me just climbing the local hill might be might be might be my mont blanc or whatever but um that's that's one of the that's one of the things that we love about bodyweight training 
is that it's just you and your body. And so it's very unique and very specific to you and it doesn't actually involve or matter what anyone else is doing. Um, it's, it's a personal training journey, which is nice. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Corbin, cool, let's talk a little bit about OCR because there's a lot of our listeners that are engaged mm. in OCR. They enjoy them. I've been out there and, and got amongst it a little bit in the various different um, options that you have these days of OCR. Um, obviously, the, the transition and the, the complementary nature of, of that kind of activity into Ninja Warriors is clear. Um, when I look at OCRs, and I've done a couple, it's how do you split your training down? So if someone's like trying to improve their OCR um, time or they want to go and start competing in a Spartan or whatever it might be, I see that the guys that do really well at it, like you've been to world championships, um, they are great runners. And then they've also got the athletic ability to conquer some of the obstacles. Is that fair to, to sort of to, to, to say that? Or would you say that it's a slightly different advantages that you can get? Because I think that someone said to me once, we did, actually did a podcast a while ago for the OCR audio podcast i think it was called um and i think they were saying that the world's best is like champion fell runner as well but there's a there's a big crossover between that running ability yeah so with, with me personally um if you look at ocr ocr i haven't really competed uh well uh, a high level uh well for long distance so OCR, um, great, well, Great Britain OCR just invited me to compete as part of the GB team, but for the OCR Ninja, which is the new event that they've got going for, basically it's a hundred meter of obstacles. Oh yeah, I saw that this year's, um, it was in London, wasn't it? The OCR World Champs, was it this year or last year? Yeah, exactly. it looked epic. Yeah, 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 but GB was sending their first team for the world championships, but to Sochi, Russia. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so I, well, because of COVID-19, I didn't manage to compete, which I was gutted with because yeah. I think that's quite a large scale and where the best way for, let's say, Ninja Warrior style athletes and Netflix or Beastmaster type athletes, there is no area apart from your standard local competitions that people set up from their own homeschool gyms there isn't anything on a large, um, like a large audience space that you can go and compete with unless it is throughout the obstacle course racing communities, actual events. So like your, your, your Spartan warrior and that sort of stuff. Um, if you can manage to get them to make a big deal about the hundred meter obstacle course um, events, then I think there might be a good platform for it to be with a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, and that's one of the things is um, with the just with something like OCR, it's having you know having stuff that brings it out. I remember for the first time it was years ago. Someone like asked me whether um, could they could I train them for an OCR, and I was like, "What's an OCR?" I didn't even know what an OCR was, and it's it's become more prevalent now. And obviously, like the COVID has put everything on hold for for these types of things. Mm. But having stuff on Netflix is obviously like massive. Um, awareness um, and it's the same thing for calisthenics a lot of people are still in a place they don't know what calisthenics is it's just this like really difficult word to say let alone let alone try and do and building up that awareness so that people can come and take part and there's so many different options that it can be so accessible for anyone and um the tough mother the tough mother that we did as as part of a team was um probably relatively tame compared to what you do but what was really what was really really nice about it was you could try and push yourself but then there was this huge emphasis on like 
everyone helping everyone. And I don't just mean in the team that you came with. You're literally just covered in mud, like dragging anyone like through and just yeah. grabbing anyone anyway. It's a little bit naughty in a way, but like you could just like you got you've got to help. There's some things that you can't get through that on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, no, agreed. And that's yeah. uh, that part of it. Like it's nice to bring people bring people together that gets me i'm getting a bit excited now just talking about it because it's, yeah. it's it just makes you feel good of course it does especially at the end when you complete it <laughs> when their pain's over not when you run through those electric things cranky that oh that did me that, i had a horrible experience on them I, I think i got like knocked out um because i fell on the we, we went through you know if you've done it before you go through the water like the slide the fire slide or whatever it is and you go for like a where's a fire ring right so that's for that's for um tough mudders that i've already done it before right so you have the choice to miss out the obviously uh, the electric uh, yeah i was the first time <laughs> yeah so i our group didn't know where we were going at the very end so we went through the slide as well which is the tough mudders that have already done one before so we did that we were all soaking wet and then we come towards the electric shock um, at the end so we're all like yeah we're thinking we're real big strong men and that let's all link arms so we're all soaking wet we link arms we walk <laughs> through there and the first jolt that we get i think the guy must have a pain ometer whatever adjuster because i'm sure he put it on max we went through there <laughs> linking arms and the next thing all you get is a jolt and we're all going ah screaming like girls yeah. i drop to the floor and as i'm about to like <laughs> stand up the, bo- the my head touches the bottom of one of those electric shooting things and i swear i i got knocked out it actually jolted me to the floor i think i've probably got brain damage from it. <laughs> so if anyone that's listening you're doing a tough modder it is actually painful <laughs> not that bad. You are yeah. soaking wet do not go through there it's designed for you to either go through, like I said, the slide at the end and then you, you're finished or you go through the shocker and that's horrible in its own. So make sure you're dry. <laughs> yeah, that was awful that. I would not recommend that to anyone. I had a horrible experience. And then I think I was concussed because literally five minutes later, I said to, to my friend, I said, I don't feel right. I feel ill. I started throwing up everywhere. Uh, yeah, that sounds... Like a concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a migraine come on, and it was the worst experience of my life. I was just like, no, this is awful. So yeah, don't do Corbin. <laughs> do um, don't, don't. is is the um, is the Netflix Ultimate Beastmaster? Is that on Netflix right now? Yeah, for people to be able to so see. Netflix Ultimate Beastmaster. You got two versions. And if you're in the UK, you can watch the Great British version. So it says Ultimate Beastmaster Great Britain, or you can watch the Ultimate Beastmaster the standard version, which is a bit more of the other. Um, or, um, what's it? The other people's um, foreign. Um, what's it called? Or not all the, what do they call them? The hosts. Okay, so the other yeah. countries' hosts are talking on there, but they're talking in their language. Okay, yeah. And so yours is but series yeah. three, right? Series three, episode seven, eight, and nine is what I'm on. Right. But it's pretty good watching in 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 its own. Um, plus, a lot more people are watching it now yeah. because of the COVID period and the lockdown. No one's got anything else to do yeah. apart from watch Netflix. So Netflix, <laughs> Netflix series three, episode seven, eight, nine. People go, if you have got Netflix, go... And check out Corbin Mackin on uh, on the Ultimate Beastmaster. Ultimate Beastmaster, yeah. We'll definitely be checking that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final question for you is, uh, I mentioned before about um, our, our philosophy around redefining your impossible. What would be 
what's your impossible is, is have you got an impossible now is there anything is there something that is a little bit audacious that's a little bit out there that you've got in in your plans that you'd like to do yeah well without being cliche like my whole goal and my whole journey of starting on obstacle course racing was ninja warrior and my my goal is to win ninja warrior uk but you know, with COVID going on, with all the punishment I've put my body through, with getting injuries here and there and all that sort of stuff, whether or not it's doable um, is something for me to find out. But once I start, um, once it's fully announced again and I can start up in my training a bit more, you will see the positive winning mentality of Corbin Mackin coming through rather than the guy who was saying that, can it be done? I'm getting older. Yeah. Is there going to be a ninja warrior anytime soon? Because like I said, COVID's destroyed everything, but the good sign is, is the rest of Europe are putting ninja warriors on. They're just not having an audience, yeah. which to me would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. Because there's less. Pressure. Yeah. They're working your favor. There's less noise. Yeah. There's less, you know, all that goes against you in, like I said, in one yeah. respect. Well, when you do embark on that, on that journey, uh, we had a, a, a very good podcast guest that gave us some advice. He said, you have to believe you're number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's one of those, take some of was, your own advice and you'll be flying. No, mate. Trust, trust me, that, that, that will come into play. But at the minute I'm like getting a year older. <laughs> I'm a dad now. Um, I was ready for this August. And then now I've gone a bit more like, okay, what's go, what's going on with uh, COVID-19? Yeah. Trying to, you know, we couldn't train really anywhere. So I've, my training has been different. It's been like more of you running your circuits and just garden stuff. Yeah. Because everything's been shut. Yeah. Um, so then if people, presumably when you're, you're um, when you're back into that, that training for it, you'll be sort of showing and showcasing that on your Instagram. Where can people, if they want to follow your journey and, and follow you on Instagram, where can they find you? Yeah, What's so your Instagram? No one probably will really want to follow me that much for my uh, Ninja Warrior uh, runs. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully they may think different when they watch Ultimate Beastmaster yeah, of course. Um, on Netflix and then they may go, actually, no, this guy might have something. Because <laughs> um, the minute watching uh, Ninja Warrior, well, he actually, he, uh, he, he got uh, DQ'd on his last one. I don't really want to follow <laughs> a guy like that. But... Um, yeah, so Instagram, Corbin Mackin. Um, I don't do as many posts that often, but when I do, I try and make them good. Yeah. Um, but my stories is where you'll see the majority of my day-to-day routines, life, whatever, yeah. little cameos of stuff. Um, but I generally tend to not just post any random stuff, any little cameo as a, as a post feed because I find it boring. Um, plus, I have a life as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Like, and send me a message if anyone's got any questions or anything like that. I'm happy to answer them. I'm, I'm generally pretty, really open, and I'll be honest with anyone uh, as much as they can. Yeah. So head over to um, Corbin's uh, Instagram, and yeah, as you said, hit him up on the DMs and give him give him a follow. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys, and we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value, and also if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars not as good. Keep it five. Five are the best. Five of your best stars, please. (laughs) 
And if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>